Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. On the line now, joining us is a man, I'm pretty sure he's going to remember that one. It's a sports journal, Hamish Bidwell. Hamish, uh, good evening to you, mate. Good evening. It predates me slightly. I'm 1975. Ah, oh, Jingle So you but just it's, missed it's it. An, it's an honour to be with you. Um, yeah. It's a lot of funny visits were at school. Oh. Mom and the Mormon. Um, <laughs> the the messy boys are on the piss again, oh, all the... that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> you, it's been you... a very, very stiff Christmas uh, rugby meeting one afternoon. And yeah. mine just turned to me. Coaches up the front waffling on. He just turned with oh, messy boys. Uh, yeah, no, it was, um, oh, yeah, that, gold, that's hilarious, Hamish. Hey, thank you so much for that, mate. I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, they were great times, all right. And um, yeah, the touring was even better. Hey, Hamish, uh, turning to all things sport, Benny's uh, giving me a bit of a rundown here. We're looking ahead, of course, um, to this weekend's <laughs> game, the the All Blacks versus the uh, the Springboks. How much pressure is uh, on the team, especially Coach Ian Foster? Well, his boss said that he's the coach for these two games and then all bets are off, so quite a lot, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a shame they're not playing Tonga or Fiji, you know, they can't put 100 points on. Um, <laughs> it's good, though, like, it's interesting because um, winning sort of masks all problems, but once you start losing, then people come out of the woodwork, whether they're Steve Hansen, whether they're yeah. a former NZR staffer like Mike Jaspers, whether they're dribblers like me, whether they're ex-players. Because <laughs> NZR and the All Blacks treat people really poorly and people have to put up with it because they're so successful and to get access to them, to get the things that you need to do your job, you have to bow and scrape to them at all times. But when the the empire crumbles a bit and the edifice starts to, 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 to fall, then people start sniping and we've had heaps of that and you know, yeah. the way that NZR have handled their comms, the decision-making they've made, um, it's got really sort of untidy, and it's just encouraged more and more people who wouldn't normally find their voice to, to find it and, and to be critical. And it all just heaps more and more pressure upon Foster, made worse, yeah, by his boss who said on Saturday, he's coach for these two games. Yeah, look, now you're absolutely right. And from the feeling I get around here as well, that many people, much like you were saying, they're very difficult to deal with the comms, especially I remember Radio Sport, they said similar things as well. So that culture, that that's obviously been there for uh, quite a while. And it certainly didn't help uh, after that uh, second loss against Ireland when they didn't front. You, can that be Can that be undone? Is, is there a way back for the, for the All Blacks in this one, Hamish? Well... I'm not optimistic because I'm not a fan. Like I don't, mm. I don't care about the team. If they never won again, I wouldn't bother me in the slightest. But mm. um, I do like a dollar, so it's my turn for the betting syndicate. And I've got the All Blacks at 13 plus to win this game. Oh, um, the odds were good. Certainly better than one to 12 or the box, you know, by one to 12 or of something. Course. So, but no, in all seriousness, mm. no, I mean, I thought we would get um, in the second or the you know the last test at Sky Stadium against Ireland. I thought they'd had a tough week. Um, criticism of, of Kane and Foster had sort of ramped up. The team were under the pump. I thought they'd produce a really emphatic and cohesive performance that week. They didn't. Yeah. And feed income if they don't this week. I mean, this this has to be the circumstances when after everything that's gone on, if Foster has any uh, designs on remaining coach, if the team have any time for him, if they even have any pride in themselves, they'll produce a hell of an All Blacks performance. And if they don't, well, they'll get what's coming to them. But on that basis... 
the pressure that's on, uh, it's on and the scrutiny, um, the calls for people's heads, I'd assume that they're going to play really well. Yeah, that's very interesting. And, of course, Jeff Wilson has uh, come out with his comments about Razor. I'll just read you the quote here. The trouble, this is what Jeff Wilson said, the trouble is that Scott Robinson has come out and said he wants to win two Rugby World Cups with two different teams. He wants to get the opportunity to coach at the international level. It's interesting he said that when he's actually under contract with New Zealand Rugby. I find that difficult, the fact that he's going to coach the Barbarians. I think he had the opportunity to coach the All Blacks 15. He turned that down. So we know exactly where Scott Robinson sits right now. His expectations are that he wants to go to the next level. What do you read into that, uh, Hamish? Well, he, he, I mean, he's, he's got a year to go on his contract. He's got, a, as far as I'm aware, a clause to say if by next year they haven't employed him, he's free to go. So mm. uh, he's advertising. And why wouldn't he? Like, I feel sorry for him. He was made a fool of. I mm. mean, every coach in the world realised that there was not going to be a contestable process to replace Steve Hansen. It was a coronation. And mm. Foster was succeeding uh, handsome, but they needed a sap to make it look like it was a proper process when it never was. Nah. And poor old Scott, maybe he's too optimistic, but he put his name up and he was the last man standing and he's remained the last man standing because no one in their right mind has wanted to get him to bed with NZR. I think if there were credible candidates beyond Robertson who wanted to get involved with the team, we'd have seen a change already, but no one wants to... Um, get involved with New Zealand Rugby, which is a hell of an indictment upon them and, and indicative of what, or supports what Steve Hansen said about the organisation last week. Like, it, it's not well run. Um, the connection between them and the coaching and playing personnel is, uh, is non-existent or certainly strained. Mm. Um, and people don't want to be involved. And so Robertson, yeah, he needs to get on his bike. He probably should have gone already. Um, it's, it's incredible that we've only got two options to be the all-black coach. Like, surely it's the most sought-after job in the world. And yet we've got Scott Robertson, who people are a little bit unsure of, because he's squirky, let's be fair, yep. and Foster, who no one rates. Like, you'd think we could do better than that. So, um, would Robertson cure all their ills? He'd be better than Foster. But he needs to, you know, be realistic that perhaps his face doesn't fit around there and he needs to, to find someone else who will employ him. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it too. I mean, I know when they when he, when it was, like you say, the contest for those two, most people in New Zealand, we wanted Scott Robinson. It was time for change. Ended up, as you say, it was an anointment of the next guy coming in. For me, it reminded me a little bit in 2007 when most of the public, I know I was one of them, wanted Graham Henry gone and Robbie Deans brought in, but the uh, they stuck with the tried and true and they stuck with uh, Graham Henry. But even Brent Impey, the former chairman who's gone now with health problems and what have you, like mm. he, he trumpeted it. So we've had 26 outstanding candidates, you know, for, for, the, for the vacant That's position. Right. We ended up with X and Y. It didn't look like 26 to me. And neither of them particularly credible. I mean, Robertson's done amazingly well, but didn't blow your socks off, did it? So, yeah, no. Nah. I mean, and as for Jeff Wilson... Jeff's one of the few, and I don't want to be critical of Jeff, but Jeff is one of the few who hasn't been emboldened by the All Blacks' troubles. He's still singing from the hymn sheet, and mm. good luck to him. Um, you know, put his hand on his fern and, and talk about New Zealand rugby and the All Blacks in reverence tones, and mm. wonderful. That's fantastic. But I think, you know, I think it ignores what's actually happening at the moment. Yeah, no, you're right. It's very interesting for four uh, ex-players, that's for sure. And I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll, we'll change... Uh, well, no, we won't change gears a bit, because... I think one good thing that they have done is maybe they have sucked the kumara a bit by realising they did need to make some change. OK, there are a couple of scapegoats, but they brought Jason Ryan in, and that was a man that Scott Robinson wanted to bring in, and the Crusaders have had so much 
uh, you know, good news with him there. And his first press conference, he knocks it out of the park. That, to me, that, that's, a, that's a great signing. Even if Foster's just a puppet leader, and if Joe Schmidt and Ryan run the side and the All Blacks win, I'll be happy with that. I had a bloke tell me this, this afternoon that Ryan's a Trojan horse. He's like the advanced army of Razor. <laughs> and uh, Razor's advanced army. And, uh, <laughs> and then Mark Robinson, Robinson with it all goes, sits up in Africa and go, well, look, we've prepared the groundwork. We've already got Jason Ryan and Scott, and here comes Scott Robinson for his <laughs> oh man, that would be so good. Hey, look. Also, look. We'll, we'll change gears a bit now with the Commonwealth Games, and we'll start with the bad news first. We're on a rugby bent. Let's keep going. Um, the sevens bronze medals is that a pass or not a pass? It's a pass for the dudes. Mm. That's about their level. Uh, for the ladies, it's a disappointment. But I don't, I don't hold them wholly responsible. Then, uh, without being a broken record, I go back to New Zealand rugby. Mm. Like. Uh, Oh, I think there's been six World Series events this year. The Black Ferns have complete, uh, competed in two, where they've been second and first. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think they've had the preparation. And it's the bit that annoys me with that is um, NZ Rugby and a few media folk will tell us that we all have to put our hands in our hearts and weep for the Black Ferns. They're the greatest sports team in the world. What a magnificent bunch of women. Fantastic. But when the rubber hits the road, NZR aren't there. You know, they, mm. they, they, they revel in their success, but they don't do anything to, um, to promote it or to, um, to continue it. They, they haven't put the, the team on the road. They haven't supported them. They haven't got them enough events to play in to get ready to defend their title. So I actually think that in the circumstances, they've done all right. And I think, unlike the All Blacks, they'll recover because they have a great culture. They have an yes. outstanding leader and captain, Sarah Hirani. It's a shame that their, um, their coach... But one of their co-coaches, Alan Bunting, has been required for 15 aside duties. He's a, he's a big loss, but mm. I think there's enough within that camp for him to, to remain the preeminent seventh team uh, from New Zealand. And, and to be frank, one of the best sports teams in the world. Like they, they have a bar of excellence that few can, few other teams in any code can reach. They're, they're a remarkable bunch of women, and and for that reason, I'm disappointed that the governing body, I don't think, has done enough to support them over the years. No, no, fair enough. Good point. And also, like. That's, let's put that to one side. Now, the Commonwealth Games, the good news, that we've started with a hiss and a roar, uh, Hamish, and I can't remember a better start to this Commonwealth Games. We'll kick off um, with the cycling. Out of the blocks, gold, gold, gold's everywhere. Did you see this coming, or did you have any inside oil? I didn't even see it. I haven't watched it. So oh. I couldn't care less. I have to be honest about that. I'm sorry. Like, I know that you're meant to no, that's all right. get your New Zealand flag out and wave it really strongly, but I don't care. Like, um... 1982, I watched quite a lot of. Yes. 1990, when it was here, I watched plenty of. Right. Um, but no, I don't care about the Commonwealth Games. Can, can I? I, mean, I you, know, you know, can I ask you what what is the disconnect? Is it just it's just it's not a, a, a it's not a full contest? It's not the world. What what what's the? Why don't you why don't you give a rat? I have found mm. that having been a sports writer for decades, yeah. that my love of sport is basically nil. Like I've do you know what I mean? People assume that if you make pies for a living, you know, you just can't wait to get home and get stuck into another bloody steak and cheese. But like when when sport or your hobby becomes your job, like you just get bloody sick of it. And I so unless you. it's something that I'm really interested in or it's something compelling, yeah, I just can't be bothered. And and the, the nationalism part turns me off. Like I'm not I'm not so wound up on this is the second rate event or mm. any of that kind of stuff because I just I just don't care. So. Good on the athletes. It's a big deal for them. It's a huge deal for their families. I know a 
a man here who's over watching his grandson play and for the Black Sticks, and it's just it's amazing for that family, and they're all there and they're all delighted. But it doesn't spin my wheels, mate. Oh, no, look, it's good to know. I mean, that's the thing. I'm into it, but that doesn't mean everyone is. And I'm sure there's many others like yourselves who just said, as, oh, oh, whatever. I What I like about it is just some of the some of the events you don't see very Like, I love, I get drawn into the track cycling, like the sprinting. I don't know why I like that. I just do. It's just some of those things. You go, wow, that's pretty. And look, some of the crashes, let's be honest, they're pretty good too. But uh, yeah, we shouldn't dwell on that. What about, uh, I'll, I'll let you leave now. No, but, but I'll just, yeah. I'll, I'll come in. Like a, sure. a year or two ago, I went to see Gary Anderson in Whanganui, who had won three golds on the track at Auckland in 1990. And I was 15 then. I was right in my sweet spot in terms of being a fan of sport. Yeah. And in that time, as you'll remember, we didn't have saturation sports coverage. If no. It was on TV. It was a pretty rare event, and you tuned in. And yeah. Like, he was absolutely heroic figure to me, and I was thrilled to meet him, thrilled to interview him. Um, reveled in his stories about how hard he, he worked and, 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 and what a thrill it was to win those those goals. But as you sort of, as I've grown up, i just become less enthused. And it's not... It's not a knock on anyone or anything. It's just, just how I feel. Look, Hamish, I love what you're saying, mate. You, know, you sound like a man who doesn't hold back. I'll leave you with um, a couple of league questions. Did you, watch, did you watch a bit of league on the weekend? I did, yeah. I do like rugby league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too, man. What did you make of this whole Nelson, uh, Sofa Solomona, um, Wade Egan thing? What's your take on it? Well, it feeds into a narrative that the Storm are grubs and routinely get away with foul play. Mm. Um, and they'd be... Multiple examples, including himself, um, Felice Cafusi. Uh, yeah, they they have a reputation. I'm not sure it's defensible that he wasn't charged for what he did on the weekend. Mm. Um, I get that it was an emotional game for the Storm, like coming off what four losses on the trot. Yeah, uh, big return home for some of the Kiwi blokes, like Asafa Solomona, but indefensible really, and should have been charged. And um, like that's it's all part of the rugby league merry-go-round, isn't it? Like if it weren't for bunkers and it weren't for match review committees, there'd be things to talk about, but not as many. Like that's it's almost part of the fabric of the game. I'm not saying they, they purposely get these things wrong, like the West Tigers thing and the Cowboys last week, but it all adds to the to the mix, doesn't it? And it adds, you know, headline fodder gets people talking it, it, and it keeps the game on the forefront. You're absolutely right, mate. I, I'm the same. As much as I go, oh, that bloody bunker's useless, it gives you so many talking points because, you know, some of the, th- the mistakes they make, the things they make, and the Commodore is saying one thing, then the bunker does another thing, or vice versa. It's just, yeah, it, it's it's added another element to the game. Good or bad, I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah, I certainly enjoy it. And what about um, Nathan Cleary? How do you think that affects the Panthers? It, it, it's a good news for the Panthers. He gets a breather, comes back before the finals refreshed. Yeah, I think so, especially when he's got Luai as halves partner out injured. So I think it's actually handy for them. They come off a, a heavy origin campaign. And mm. it, again, it's just something else to keep other teams enthused, other fans enthused. Like, can we tip the Panthers over this week? Are we maybe a chance of sneaking into the eight? Like, all of that creates interest. And like, on their best day, I think Penrith are easily the, the premiers this year. I think it would be really hard for anyone to beat them. And I don't think in any way, shape or form that having Cleary and Luai out will... Um, or diminish these things. It was interesting. I was listening to Aaron Woods just before you oh, yeah. called Aaron Woods the, the Dragons prop. He was on radio in Sydney. Yeah. And Nathan Cleary came out on Instagram after the tackle. Oh, it's not my go. I'm a clean player. It was a hell of an accident. And um, Aaron Woods was actually saying, Bulldust. You've, you've committed foul play before. Uh, the squeaky boy, quiet boy stuff doesn't wash with me. It was a grubby tackle. And you deserve to get it marched and, or you, and, uh, and suspended. And I don't know why everyone's rallying around Nathan and saying it's not his go and he's a lovely boy because 
and the evidence suggests otherwise. So that's all good too. A bit of niggle. Absolutely. Another guy's in the NRL at another <laughs> club saying, actually, you're full of it. It's a game that keeps on giving. It is a game. And yeah, and also because it's one of those things that's they're so inconsistent with their rulings, you know, it's just every week there's something new, that's for sure. Hey, Hamish, I have got another call of the day. I have to get uh, to in Australia. But, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, pal. And uh, if I'm ever down your way, wherever you are, the Massey boys might have to uh, get together, eh? <laughs> I've never looked at a Mormon the same way since. So thank you very much. They're all Norman the Mormon tonight. Thanks, Hamish. Love it, mate. There you go. Well, Hamish uh, Bidwell with his thoughts. And yeah, some really good ones. I love the honesty. That's what we want here, folks. Honesty. You don't have to love the games. You don't want to. That's cool. Hey, no sweat. Um, but yeah, well done, Hamish, and uh, great chatting with you.